Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome, welcome out there in Blog Talk Radio Land, Rainbow, so iTunes, and just so many places that people catch off the shelf on Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You know, we got all these different time zones, which came up on last week's show uh, in the country, and then we have people who tune in from different different countries to listen to off the shelf, but we come on Eastern Standard Time, so that's New York City time, what I generally tell people at 11 a.m., so you want to catch the show live. I know some people on Central Time, which right now is 10 o'clock there, people in Central Time like Indiana and Nashville, Tennessee, but we come on Eastern Standard Time, which is, again, New York City time, so please remember that. <laughs> want to catch off the shelf live and I want to uh, welcome and thank each of you once again here for joining us on Blog Talk Radio. This we're in our 14th year, believe it or not. I want to leave this thought with you before we go into the show and introduce you to our fabulous guests. And the thought I want to leave with you this week is the past cannot be judged. The future is yet in your power. You know, we we just have to f- practice forgiveness forgive ourselves, the decisions we made when we made a bad choice, and others, because when other people, we think they mistreat us, they made a bad choice the same way we do. So we have to forgive because we cannot change the past. It cannot be changed. The future is yet in your power. So something to, if you choose to, to think about uh, today and as you go forward. But I want to welcome you again to our February the 9th show. I know some of you might be getting ready for Valentine's Day is next week. What are you going to get that person you love? Hopefully you let them know every day how much you value them because we can be gone in the next five minutes. We we, 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 we live as though people are going to always be there. I got I got time to love you. Uh, no, you don't. You could be gone in the next five minutes. So I want to thank you for joining us again. And, and, and before we introduce you to today's phenomenal guest, I just want to ask you, and I ask you this question every Saturday, how good of a mystery sleuth are you? Do you like mystery? Do you value relationships, particularly when two people are meant to be Together, There's nothing worse than being in, in a relationship where you know you don't belong with somebody. It just will never work. But when two people belong together, and did you meet at the right time? There's so many things. Are you both uh, developed enough to make it work? Or you could be together, but you're, you met at the wrong time. So many things. If you value these things in relationships between a man and a woman, also, there's a murder mystery in this book that spikes off at early in the second chapter. And if you value relationships, again, it's a book about relationships. There are four friends in this story, a soulmate relationship, and there's a very complicated father and son relationship because the father has untreated alcoholism. The, our lives are not perfect. Just as Raymond Clark's life, the star of love, pour over me's life isn't perfect. But if you value these things and you like mystery, I encourage you to stop what you're doing and go get a copy of Love Pour Over Me right now. You can get it in print or ebook 
ebook is at Amazon is like three dollars and three cents. But it's at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Walmart, ebook it. Just do that right now. You can start reading Love Pour Over Me today. Please don't talk yourself out of enjoying a good book. And now let us go and meet our very special off-the-shelf guest. And our special off-the-shelf guest this morning is Donna Moses. Donna is the author of Unexpected Life Transitions. This is a story that's included in the inspirational anthology, Arise from the Ashes. To tell you a little bit about Donna, she'll tell you more about herself when she comes on live in just a few seconds. Donna loves gospel music, and one of her favorite singers is Warren Sapp. She's a retired nurse. She is also the founder of the Sisters in Conversation and Sisters in Harmony Christian Book Club. Oh, don't you love that? A book club founder. Donna is also a recipient of the Susan B. Anthony Award for her community involvement. She is a graduate of Sacramento Theological Seminary and Bible College, and she makes her home in Sacramento, California. So let us give Donna a warm off-the-shelf welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome to off-the-shelf, Donna. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Thank you so much. And we look forward to what you share. After 14 years, I tell you, I learned something from every guest on Off the Shelf. This is why I tell people, not for ratings for me, I learned something from every guest on the show. If you listen to every Off the Shelf, talking to our listeners, if you listen to every show, you would be tremendously blessed. Every guest blesses me with something. Really, really encourage you, and there's still time for you to go out and tell your colleagues, your friends, your relatives. If you ain't told at least 10 people, please go out even now and start telling people. You can do it through Twitter. You can do it through Facebook, texting even now to come on and tune in to Off the Shelf to listen to what Donna Moses has to share right now on Off the Shelf Book Talk Radio. So to begin, Donna, please tell our listeners who want to know more about you, where you grew up and what life was like for you growing up. Okay, I'd be happy to. I grew up in um, Indiana. Uh, Actually, I was born in Compton, California. And at two years old, my family decided to move back. My father was a minister. And we moved back to Indiana, to Evansville, because that was actually where uh, my, you know, their parents, my grandparents lived. And I was in Evansville until probably about the eighth grade. And then my family decided they were going to move to Indianapolis, and so Indianapolis, Indiana. I actually went to, um, well, I'm actually the middle child in the family of seven, and I was always involved in school activities, uh, you know, from major ed to all kind of clubs and different things. I love to be involved. I attended Indiana University and um, in Indiana. I later got ma- uh, married right after, you know, well, actually in college I got married. And um, that ended in a divorce, and I'm now remarried. I have um, four children, 
and I'm an auntie to many other children that I have raised. I have nine beautiful, gifted grandchildren and one more on the way. So that's a little bit about me and of how I grew up and where I grew Indiana, up. Indiana, Indiana, I'm listening to you. Yeah. You said Indiana. When I was in the um, military, I actually was stationed in Indiana. And it's, it, it, even though it's a Midwestern state, it kind of put me in mind of the South a lot. It's like, oh, it, yeah. It, it just, oh, it, yeah. A lot of it. I, I said, I said, you know, am I in Mississippi or am I in <laughs> I mean, it was a lot of it. It has a lot of southern. I mean, the mentality. A lot of it is. Yeah. So as soon as, as soon as you said Indiana, I said, "Oh my goodness!" And I, I've, I've, I've lived there. So I was near the Bloomington area where the. Um, oh yeah, Indiana, I was Indiana University. Yep. Yeah, oh, I yeah. lived there. So. Yeah, so I, I understand what you're talking about. I love it. I, I still have family there. And um, it's just, it's home. It's still home to me. Um, my mother, you know, was living there, and so she's now passed. But, yes, I, I do understand. Because when I moved to California, everybody was like, where are you from? <laughs> you know, you have a, uh, your hospitality is so different. I was like, oh, I'm from Indiana. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway. It must have been culture shock for you. So you grew up in Indiana. But you, you, you have, we all have a dream in us, all of us. What did you dream of becoming when you were a kid, Donna? Well, actually, you know, I, I liked dancing and theater and all that. I did. But soon, you know, you grew up and, and I had to be realistic. So I, I wanted to be a social worker, but that didn't work. So I ended up, um, you know, thinking, um, uh, I, you know, as I got older, I actually became a nurse. But I wanted to be that social worker um, because I love people and I wanted to to help, you know, um, people. And I, as as I grew up, I saw, you know, my grandmother, um, how she just was a blessing to so many people. And um, I wanted to be like her. She was actually my hero. And I saw, you know, a reflection of God's love Um she just didn't mind sacrificing, and she had some health issues too. Um, so I, I wanted to, you know, when I got older, I said I want to, you know, I really want to help. I really want to be a blessing the same way she was because she didn't mind molding us, trying to, you know, give up everything that she had. She made sacrifices to um, that so that we could have all the essentials to help mold us. And she taught me to be strong and. She taught me to be selfless and resilient. You know, I saw her doing all these things during hard times, and we're from humble beginnings, so that just struck me, and uh, I wanted to be able to, you know, be just like her. I wanted, I saw that spirit, and so I, go ahead. Of all the guests we've had on, you're one of the few who said that. I wanted to be, some say that, I wanted to be like my mom when you dreamed of what you were becoming. Man, she must be beaming <laughs> hearing you say that. Yeah, now, how she's live. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead, Donna. I said she's no longer living, but she was the core to my life. She was my I love my mother too, but there was something about if you've ever had a grandmother that that love is so 
deep that mm-hmm. I still feel it. You know, yeah, I still can feel it. Her love for now, me. How, how, and that's a blessing. How old were you when you knew that you wanted to be a writer? Wow, you know that's <laughs> you're asking me that. That's so funny because when I was about, oh, I guess I was probably um, maybe about ten. I guess um, in our class, I went to a, a Catholic school, and and I, I remember um, the nuns telling us that we were going to have this this contest and we were going to be teaming up with another classmate and so there was a, another little young child that was there his name was Leonard and he was a friend of mine too we actually lived right behind each other so we decided we were going to pair up and so Leonard could draw <laughs> so I was happy that he was on the team and you know we would I wrote most of the little story and he was drawing and it was just, it was funny because I never thought we'd win. You know, if you were selected, you'd win this prize, and then your paper would get displayed, you know, at the open house. So I thought, gosh, this is great. This is fun. And that kind of, you know, it kind of left me um with feeling like, gosh, I've accomplished something, and I wouldn't mind continuing. And I thought about it and just got busy in life, and then later on I thought, well, I I certainly would like trying this, and I'm going to talk to my sister and see if we can, you know, write a book together. And it didn't. That didn't happen for either one of us. So then I, you know, met Paulette, and that's how I got involved with, with writing again. And you know what's it, that's another thing. We've had a couple of people who contributed to Arise from the Ashes, and they all have a lot of respect for Paulette, and I think that's how a lot of the writers got involved with, with the uh, project for Arise from the Ashes, which speaks volumes about Paulette. Um, a retired nurse, so you're, that's a service profession, kind of like a, a, a an admin assistant, a nurse. Um, I'm trying to think of other professions where people who do cooking or cleaning, it's, it's so service-oriented. You, your whole job is in serving others. So as a retired nurse, I want to just a little bit, giving our off-the-shelf listeners a little bit more background on you before we go into your story and arise from the ashes. But as a retired nurse, how long did you serve others as a nurse? Um, probably for about 23 years. Um, and then um, I served others as a nurse, and and then I went from nursing to management. And still being involved with with that um that went from you know being a staff developer and and still you know teaching a form of education for nursing, so that has just always i've always felt fulfilled, and I felt that that was what God had called me to do, so I'm just really um blessed. I'm I'm thankful that I was able to be in the lives of many, many people that I have served, and um, they blessed me as well. So, 
you know, many, many years. I've, I've was a and nurse. And you know, so. I heard, I, I, I did, um, when I got out of the Navy, I did um, just, I forget what they call it, like temporary work at a hospital. And nurses, that is a very demanding job. And you did it, it for 23, 23 years. Frances Ray, she's she's since crossed over, but she was a best-selling romance novelist, and she also was on Off the Shelf, but she was a nurse, and I admire, and thank you, thank you for serving others in that, in that role, but as a writer, and then we're going to sort of lead into your story in Arise from the Ashes, but as a nurse, I wanted to ask you, did you witness a lot of people, because uh, I'm not sure specifically what the role you you filled as a nurse or were you exactly what type of you were you in a hospital or clinic? Not sure, but as a nurse, did you witness a lot of people dealing with great life transitions? Oh, absolutely, many, many. I I worked in many different areas, from clinic to hospitals to workers' comp as a consultant. I I've done a lot of different things, and many people have faced many life-threatening transitions. Um, you know, they've had personal transitions that have affected their their life, their health. And so that, I, I did witness that. And um, just seeing, you know, some of the situations and um, that they faced, you know, even being a nurse, you some, you lots of times you have to be a good listener and you have to, just help them move through it, whether it's educating them about their disease or uh, giving them the proper uh, direction as to where to go to seek help for whatever issues they're going through. I, I have. I've seen from women uh, having birth to cancer through all different types mm. of disease and struggles. Mm. Yes. I, mm-hmm. so I wanted to. I wanted to ask you next, and this almost makes you really sort of qualify the uh, the work that you've done to write the story you did, but what did you learn from the different experiences you saw people going through these great life transitions? What did you learn from them while you were a nurse? Uh, lessons that you can share with off-the-shelf listeners. Now, to, uh, one thing I, I heard Les Brown speak years ago, and he said the the major regret people who work in hospice will say when they ask people, you know, what what what's going on with them, what do they think, any final wishes, is there anything you'd like to do or say to anybody. But one of the top regrets people have is not having more money, not having uh, uh, like more material things or things like that. But they regret not going after what they really wanted to do. And that that is um, that's almost really, I won't say scary, but it's definitely something to get my attention. And I wonder how many other people that after all, you take a whole life of physical experiences, and this is the top thing people say. I really wish I had gone after what I really wanted to do but maybe they got married or something happened and they thought i'll put my dream aside and i'll just be a good husband or wife or parent i'll put my dream aside and i gotta just work this job and pay the bills and that's like the number one regret so yeah in that what other what other lessons did you learn that you can share with our listeners 
from maybe what people said to you as they were going through a great life transition? Well, you know, um, you you touched on some of the, the things that people actually spoke to me about. Um, some people were in situations that they just didn't know how to get out of. Um, and they, you know, as we talked, um, they realized that they had to seek their dreams. They they were stuck, and they they realized that, you know, you should never, I, I would always tell them, you never give up because, um, God doesn't want us to give up. He doesn't want to put our our lives, um, you know, we're not to just kind of stagnate our lives, but we're to seek him and ask him. And when he, we seek and ask him, those are the things that he'll give if they're, you know, lined up with him. But also we, I saw that people um, were just, some of them were bitter um, with what they were going through. And so I you know, would just tell people to live for live for God, and 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 you know, know that no matter what, you know, God is He's with you, and that, um, you know, that that just life is too short, and that we must try hard to. If you fall down, get back up. And some people, you know, in when they get sick. Um, they realize when I get out of here, I'm going to think about myself. I'm going to dream. I'm going to fight. I'm going to, you know, just um, encompass what, what God has given me. And those are some of the things that I tell people is to press forward, um, fight the battle. You know, God is with you. Continue to fight and, um, you know, at the end, Everything will be, you know, is victorious and do things God's way. That's what yes. I would recommend to him. So, yeah, a lot of people just, they, you know, they learn after they've been sick or frustrated that that's no longer going to, to you know, set them back. They're, they're still mm. moving forward. So and so we that, do have yeah. it in us. We do have we it in have us to live to live a victorious life. So for all you all you've witnessed, uh, growing up in Indiana, moving to California, working as a nurse, twenty three years, seeing all the changes that, that you've gone through in your personal life, and witnessing as a nurse, people and these and their families just almost begging for more time, begging for another chance. Uh, for li- for our listeners, we don't want to see people get. To that point, I saw on on Twitter this morning it was like an image of a guy sitting on a train or a bus, and he's looks like he's just being introspective. And it said, "Don't do not get to the end of your life and say I wish I had of." I mean, get get going yeah. even now. So with with all all of this, there's so many topics that you know in an anthology or any story we could anybody could write about. You could write about birth being a parent, uh, a career. Uh, you could write about something on, from a political aspect, nature, taking care of earth, uh, poverty. There's so many subjects. What inspired you to write Unexpected Life Transitions? Why did you choose that particular topic? 
because what had happened to me, uh, I've had many unexpected life transitions, but that one resonated with me, and I, I picked that because I really wanted um, to kind of tell my story about how God can, he can, you know, pull us up out of those transitions. We don't, um, we're going to be, we're going to, things are going to happen. But even when they do happen, you've got to look at what has just taken place. And sometimes it takes a minute for those things to resonate with you what's going on. But in the midst of it all, you've got to really pay attention because in unexpected transitions, there are sometimes gifts that we don't, we don't notice it. But sometimes in those, those messages, whatever's transpiring, that message is for you, it's to mold you, it's to rebirth you. And those, that was part of the reason why I chose unex, the title as Unexpected Life Transition, because I felt a rebirth from what had taken place. Mm. Now, going into the story, just some of the some of the research that I did uh, for your your feature interview here on Off the Shelf. But I have to ask you, and this is something that I've experienced many people, you know, who leave their physical experience, and we have different reactions to it. But there's one common one, and I don't want to want to I want to ask you the question first. But did you blame yourself uh, for your god sister's passing? And how old were you when it happened, and did, and did you blame yourself? I did blame myself, and um, I was <clears throat> in my 30s, and I did blame myself. Um, I just felt like um, we were so close, and I truly felt like um, she had, we had gone to the doctor together. We had done many different things together. But uh, I, I did blame myself for, for a while, um, and as you read on, you'll see that um, I had to seek some kind of help um, through it all. So, yes, um, that is easy to do, but we don't know what we're going to encounter in life, and we don't know what's going to pass our way. Um, but, yeah, that, that I did. I did blame myself because I felt like I could have been more, um, as a nurse, I felt like I could have been um, more of, uh, I don't want to say it, just helpful, more helpful to her, uh, listening to her, giving her more advice. Um, and I did. I, I, we did go to the doctor together. And, and um, you know, if, if you read the story, it goes on to say that um, she was given the okay to, to have the baby. So, um, but, yeah, there's guilt. There's guilt. There, I mean, not you- now, but... I- was it was I did feel guilty. I didn't want to give give that that away. I mean, I experienced a major life transition about a year ago, and I mean major. But um, that's one of the common things they say that uh, guilt, particularly for parents who lose a child, but that is one of the common ones, and it can be tough to shake because it, it can come on really strong at the start. And then it, you, if you work through it, 
uh, it can go away, but then different you'll see or hear something on TV, or, and it, it comes back, and then it can go away and come back. But that is, and so I, I, I encourage anybody. Um, I mean, we don't have everything in the palm of our hands. We love people while they're. You love them in thought. You love them in deed, and what you say and how you treat them, and you do the best you can. But I don't think we can keep people here. As much as we might think we can, I I I don't I don't think so. So I, I'm saying that to anybody, particularly a parent, if you lost a child, that guilt can be overwhelming. Um, just to let yourself up and be gentle and patient with yourself as you work through it. Why Why do you think, having said that, from your perspective, your your experience, why do you think we do blame ourselves when somebody exits their body? Why do you think we blame ourselves? You know, I, I think part of it is, 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 you know, we're selfish in the first place um, because we, we never want to, to think about losing anybody. But we think if I could have, should have, would have, you know, all these things. Um, and I think it's just, um, I don't know if it's a selfish thing or it's it, it's just that some of us just, Love we love so deeply that um, the thought of losing one or we've lost one is just very painful, and so you don't you wonder how am I you know how how did that slip how did that come upon so quickly and you know really we we blame ourselves, but you know God knows all of our beginnings and He knows our ending. And when we're going to come in and when we're going to leave this world. And sometimes I just felt like maybe, I know I had kind of disconnected myself. Um, but um, it's hard during the moment. We can say all those things, but we're human. And mm-hmm. and it and it, it happens. We, we love them so much, but God loves them even more, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's hard to, to realize that. And, you know, sometimes it and- is. And there, there are people. It is easier said than done. That's why you can't. You gotta let. We have to. That's why I say be patient with yourself. And everybody's gotta. The way somebody deals with a loss may not be the way the next person does. So you can't. And a lot of people just want you to get over it, so life can go back to normal. But when those major life transitions, whether it's career change, a, a, a marriage, that you're not going back the way you were. Maybe that's why they didn't no. happen. So. Two changes, right. so, to, two changes, so you don't go back. Now, grief can be a long process, and it's different for each person. Uh, so we should all be given our own time to grieve. I wanted to ask you, what did you learn while you were going through that grieving process uh, over your God sister? What, like, keys, pearls did you come away with that you could share with off-the-shelf listeners? Well, going through that grieving process, you know, it, it seems like you're never going to get past it. There's so many different stages, and I'm, I realized that I I needed some assistance. I needed help, and um, I, you know, I I actually went to a class, and there's so many different stages of it. But um, I I I learned that that the, their spirit will always live and that I just tried to focus um, on what she had 
given me because she gave me some beautiful, beautiful nuggets, pearls to always treasure. I remember her, her patience and her love and her kindness, her forgiveness, her example of how she, you know, loved God so much that while she was praising God, I was <clears throat> actually, I want to say, um, angry. I, I was, you know, going through there was angry, anger, depression, there's bargaining, there's acceptance, there's there's so many different things. But I went through many different stages and I just want to, you know, tell people that um there is a gift in, in death. There's there's this you know, you will never if you you always will have their pearls, their memories to hold on to and that many times has put a smile on my face and and my broken heart has filled my heart with just their examples that, you know, just realizing to reflect back on the goods and and of, of what they've left and, you know, how they passed through our lives and what a what a blessing it was to have her as my God sister. That is a treasure that I will always, always keep in my heart. So it sounds like for even, uh, and thanks for what you're sharing, Donna. I really appreciate it. Um, It sounds like there are not only one of the steps, not just through uh, somebody exiting their physical experience that we're close to, um, but like a divorce, moving, moving, like you, you did that. You moved from Indiana, California, and, that's a major, major change. A job change. Oh, you, you work. You work in a job. It's like some people with the recession, and they they say how many people. Uh, I was listening to a report with the. Uh, they said where are all these jobs coming from every month? The jobs report when it comes out, they said it could be some people who totally gave up on finding a job during the recession that they're now back in the market. That they're now, and that might be why the numbers are going up right now. But um, all these major, these are major shifts. You, if you live in a house a long time, and you, 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 your family's in Indiana, and you're going out of California, or somebody else who, who's a, a listener who's going to a, a totally different country, or they're they're in a switching an entirely different job field, or they get laid off and they can't. They they can't they're not able to get another job in the field they've worked in for twenty plus years so they got to go into a whole other career field. Are there steps other than what you shared uh, with your God about your change with your God sister of think about the good times and what you were having to let go. You'll always have that good those good memories, but are there other steps that we can incorporate, Donna, to help us move through unexpected? Life transitions, a job layoff, and you didn't see it coming. Um, somebody coming in, maybe a spouse. Hey, I got a new job. We got to move. <laughs> You're like what? So, are there are there any other steps you could share with us on how to get through this? Well, yeah, I I want you know sometimes we've got to <clears throat> live now and not be anxious about anything. You know. Um, it says in the scripture, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer, petition, and with thanksgiving, you need to present your request to God. And the peace of God, 
which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. That's what the Word of God says. But we also have to really learn that we've got to trust in the situation. And we've got to, whatever situation it is, because I've, I've been through that situation, uh, you know, where many other situations besides the death, but life-changing situations where, you know, losing a job and that type of thing, we've got to um, be willing to accept what's present. And right now, what's, what's going to happen, we've got to accept it. And we've got to... Um, make ourselves <clears throat> available. We've got to just pretty much um, redress, like we redo our resume. We have to redo ourselves. And, and when we are in a situation, we've got to, you know, reach out to people. Some people we may not even know, but they, we've got to be, you know, willing to talk to them and and willing to, you know, ask questions and 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 just search and and make yourself available. Pray and ask God to open your heart that he would send someone uh, with a message or, you know, you've got to just, you know, say, okay, now I've got to go out here and, 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 and meet people. I've got to beat the streets. I've got to just reintroduce myself. And it's hard. It's easier said than done. It's hard to do that. But you've got to move forward, and we cannot stay stuck. We've got to move on in our life. And, and just the biggest thing for me was prayer and trusting God, trusting family members. You've got to seek help from your family members. And if you don't have family members, you, you know, you're going to meet people, and you've got to pray for discernment about people. You, you know, you just got to. It's a trust, it's trusting and moving forward. Mm. Now, this quote is at your Facebook page. Be thankful for closed doors, detours, and roadblocks. They protect you from paths and places not meant for you. Now, it can be hard, Donna, to see to see this when you really, really, really want something. You really want uh-huh. it. And I'm thinking about uh, those of us, whether young or middle-aged or older, or relationships, jobs, there's just some things we really, really wanted, but the door won't open. And maybe mm-hmm. it's a way that you're not supposed to be with that person. Are there signs that something is really a roadblock or a detour? Because we know if we keep trying like that that widow in the Bible, you keep trying, the door can open to a blessing. So it's not always that the door ain't opening right away. Maybe if you keep trying, you should go through the door. Are there signs, though, that something is really a roadblock or a detour? I, I think so. When you're constantly getting uh, um, a rejection or a no for an answer, I don't know what the situation may be, but um, when those things come upon you, you know, many times, many delays are the blessings of God. And sometimes we want to push through that door, and there's consequences that come with that. Um, sometimes we we have to just wait it out until God says so. And waiting it out can be so tough, especially, you know, when we just, we are ready for whatever it is. We are ready for it. We're not going to wait. I'm ready for it right now. 
But (laughs) it's hard. It's hard, Denise, but we've got to know that we know when that door is shut, we better leave it shut because a lot of times when we break through the door, there's something on that other side that may not be the blessing that you thought it was going to be, and it might be more hurtful than waiting. Mm. So we need to wait and not push through the doors, you know, and just wait on God because the door will, if that is something that the Lord wants for us to, to happen, it will happen. But we've got to just sit back and say, you know what? I've seen many signs, you know, and, and sometimes it's as simple as your car not starting or, you know, or are you thinking you're going to get this promotion? And and it doesn't happen because sometimes those those things that are behind that door are not the people that you really, that God wants you to be lined up with. So, you know, we've, we've got to be careful of, of busting, trying to bust through a door that's not ready to be opened. Yes, yes, yes. But I, and and that is so true. I also uh, want to say though, for people who you know, God put a dream in your heart. You know, it's there. Look how many times Moses had to go back to Pharaoh, or I think how many times Harriet Tubman had to go back on the Underground Railroad. If something really is, you may have to be consistent and persistent, because hoping and wishing. Uh, that'll those two alone don't they haven't ever produced a result for me. So to 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 put in action and sometimes you do have to be persistent and consistent both. Uh just keep knocking on that door and knocking on that door and knocking on that door and knocking on that door. But maybe we do know when maybe not right now. Maybe not right now. But um going from that to this. When and why book clubs so your 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 story and the book arise from the ashes. So to off shelf listeners, there are several powerful stories in arise from the ashes. And Donna Moses' story is titled "Unexpected Life Transitions," which we've been talking about life transitions on today's show. But she also started a book club. So when and why did you start the Sisters in Conversation and Sisters in Harmony? Christian Book Club. What inspired you to do that? And how long have you guys been in existence? Oh my goodness, it's been 17 years, and so wow, uh, it's been a really long time. Uh, I actually started the book club from my home, and um, you know, just wanted to just get some ladies together and just read, and and we did that, and then the book club just kind of. Other women heard about it, and they said, oh, I want to join, I want to join. Well, at one point I had two book clubs, um, and the names were not merged. It was They were two separate sisters in conversation and sisters in harmony. And um, the word just got out in the community, and, and then I, you know, that they wanted to be a part of it, so I started that. And then I, we decided, you know, we wanted to bless young um, graduating seniors from high school. And so we start, you know, started a scholarship. And so we decided that we were going to have a scholarship luncheon, luncheon honoring, um, a, a, you know, few students from the community, giving them scholarships. And so our very first author was Victoria Christopher Murray, 
Um, she was our very first author. We have had many, many authors. Um, the event usually holds about 300 women, you know, each year. And oh, wow. Just been blessed beyond blessed to be able to give those scholarships out, and um, you know, I, I'm just thankful for the ladies and and their loving their love to read, and it, it's 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 a unity. I mean, we really have a good time. So we're we have an event coming up actually tonight, and it's a a, a gumbo like uh, dinner for us tonight. We're going to be discussing, you know, um, one of our books that we've selected. So uh, how many, yeah, that's how that birthed into me. And then I had a, uh, at one point, I had a um, a teenage girl book club, um, and that was a blessing too. So, you know, we have to reach back and mentor and be role models for our young ladies as well. How many members did you guys start with? 17 years, and you said a... This spot holds 300, and how many members are in the book club today? No, I'm sorry, Denise. I, I meant 300 women would come in attendance. No, we don't have that many members. We have um, 18 members, so that's how many we have. That is still pretty impressive. And to keep it together for 17 years, <laughs> a book club, that is impressive. Mm-hmm. That is that is impressive. Um, do you find, Donna, that books come alive while you're discussing them uh, with other book lovers? Oh, we have so much fun. Uh, sometimes we're, you know, we might be, um, one time we dressed up as um, some of the characters in the book. And then, um, yes, the books do come alive. And, and, you know, that's why I love, we love to read because, um, we are able to discuss issues, uh, have fun with it, travel with it. Um, they do come alive, and um, some of them are just so real. It's like, is this my story, <laughs> you know, or or you might know someone. So, yes, they, they come alive. They spark interest. We discuss it in detail sometimes. You know, we're here late just still talking about that book or somebody may go home and call me and say, girl, I I didn't get to bring this point up, you know. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yes. Wow. You guys, and you sound like you've become friends. So there's so much, you know, in a book club. Somebody going through a life transition if they love to read. Joining a book club might be a a healing step even for you because people who love to read and then the stories and you get so into the to to discussing the book. It is it, it is a lot of fun. Now you've oh, done so many like, things. You've done so ahead, many I'm things, Donna. Can you tell us what is Lynx Incorporated? Oh, okay. Lynx Incorporated is um <clears throat> a professional black women's organization. And I am a member and have been for about twelve years. And it's National, and then you have your, um, you know, different little uh, groups, uh, organizations in in your city. So it's all over the world. And so we are just a, a, a working group of women. We are professional women. We, we have national conferences. We have um, uh, 
Western area conferences. We have um, people like Condoleezza Rice, who is um, uh, honorary member. We have so many women that bring so much to the table that, um, you know, community involvement, and that is where a lot of my community work has lied within this community. Um, I was, you know, their program director, so I, I did the programs here, and, um, you know, and we reached out to mentoring young girls, to uh, going to um, homes for women that need shelter. We're in the schools. We're, you know, talking about healthy eating, um, healthy living. We're when we're out at the shelter, we're helping the women with helping them to learn how to make themselves available, um, marketing when they go out and look for jobs. And uh, many of the women, you know, have are from domestic violence. And so we um, also do a big Christmas at Christmas time. We do a big party for them. And, you know, we, we just – bless their children, uh, we tell them about health issues and just so many different things. Um, the links is a wonderful, if, if aren't uh, familiar with it, go on the website and look it up, but it is a beautiful organization that reaches out into the community. We put a lot of our different expertise together and we go out there and try to be a blessing to the community. You are really, really involved. You, you, you are definitely twenty-three years retired nurse. You just keep going through your transitions and going forward, which is so important to to have a full, good, rewarding, victorious life, not just a good life at a certain point or a certain stage. But I wanted to congratulate you on winning the Susan B. Anthony Award. For community involvement, you were talking about Links Incorporated and the work that they do because good good communities don't just happen. Like good families don't just happen. People make them happen. They make decisions and get intent on what they're going to do to make their family strong and make their community strong. What can each of us do? You talked about some of the work that Links Incorporated does, helping women in shelters, et cetera. What can each of us do to, to, build, a, to build stronger communities, Donna? Well, I think it, 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 a lot of it, um, we need to start at home, and, and we need to, if, if our children are grown, we, men, we need to mentor to our, and, and be role models in front of our grandchildren. We need to invite them into the community as well with us and show them um, how rewarding it is and how we can, you know, it's not always about us, but it's, it's about God's business. It's about, uh, you know, going out there and just sharing whatever God gives us. It doesn't belong to us. It's to be shared. And so I think if it's even helping a neighbor or, or helping a friend, sometimes we can't do large things. We can't go out and be involved in organizations or, you know, maybe just volunteering at, at um Oh, just say at a, a, a homeless uh, shelter or a feeding shelter where they feed the homeless and so on. If we go there and and those type of things, it's just the small. It's nothing, you know. We don't have to want to win an award to do it, but just knowing that 
God is pleased when we can grab another one's hand and put in their hand what God has given to us and share and love each other. That's what it's all about. It's just connecting. And and like I said, if it's starting within the house, you know, just sharing, even sharing thoughts, even sometimes making a phone call and, and, and sharing and encouraging and being, being, you know, that way a blessing. I, I also didn't mention that at my church, I, I also um, was on a committee there where we uh, worked with young people. Um, it was, we do a college bound workshop every year. And so that, um, has also brought joy to me, just making sure that these young people are lined up and they know what's expected. So those are some other community outreach things that I've done. So Good for you, and thank you. Again, service, service, service. As a nurse, Lynx Incorporated, and then what you shared in the communities and the church work you do, and then the fun part is the book club. Now, what do you hope <laughs> readers, what do you hope, uh, Donna, that readers will gain from reading Unexpected Life Transitions, which is, again, our listeners in the anthology Arise from the Ashes. But what do you hope readers will walk away from after they read Unexpected Life Transitions? Well, I hope that they'll walk away with knowing that, uh, yes, there are unexpected things that come in our lives, and sometimes it, it seems as though it's a roadblock, we, you know, that we've stumbled, that we, we just don't know where to go. But I tell you that in that, whatever that situation is, and we're going to have them, don't give up to know that whatever's happening in there, it, it's a lesson. It's something that um, we're going to gain. We're going to be, you know, lots of times, we're going to be blessed, whether it's leaving that situation. Sometimes it, it may seem like, gosh, if I leave, you know, I'm leaving all of this. But if I, you know, if I stay. But, no, God restores us. Um, I want them to know that for me in this situation, God blessed me. He left me with a legacy um, because uh, my God sister passes. Um, but he left me with her legacy, and he left me um knowing that you can do all things through Christ, all things are possible, and that God is going to, he's going to strengthen you, he's going to renew you, but also that, you know, we are are God's vessels, and he is never going to put more on us than we can bear. Sometimes it seems like, oh, my goodness, how am I going to make, you know, how am I going to go through this? But he's with us. He never leaves us. And so God never left me. I just had to realize through my son and through my sister, through my husband, that he loved me. And he had placed people right beside me to support me. So sometimes, you know, we we just get within ourselves, but I'm hoping and praying that it will open your eyes to see what God blessed me with. He blessed me from this, that um, I was blessed that I wanted to help. I ended up, you know, having to help her, her children and many other children the Lord entrusted me with. So God will entrust you with 
many different things. It's just a process that we go through, but I hope that it'll be an encouraging encouraging reading for you and a blessing to you. Those are my hopes and prayers that you oh. will pick up a copy of the book and just go with it because going through grief, going through death, none of those things are easy. But remember, God is with you. Yes, yes. Now, do you plan to write a novel? Because Unexpected Life Transitions is 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 like uh, it, it's not not an essay, not a um, a short story, but it's it's a few pages, not a not a full length book. But do you plan to write a novel? And if you did write a novel, Donna, what do you think the story would be about? Well. I want to write about secrets, and um, I want to I want to write something about how we, you know, we bury our secrets, but they're never really buried. And um, some of the things that I have held onto, that um, you know, I'm I'm praying that I will be able to explode in this book, and. Um, just lean on the Lord to guide me through it. But that, that has always been um, uh, um, in my heart that I, want, I do want to write about secrets. I don't have the full title yet, but, but I, I, that, that's what's on my heart right now. Okay, now that could be a very good one. There's a mystery, and you could tie in romance, anything with secrets, and make that right. book. That book works. <laughs> Susan Summers uh-huh. wrote a book, Keeping Secrets, but it was about her life story, and that book was very helpful to me. It, it takes energy to keep a secret, but that that okay. is a very good a very good topic, keeping secrets. Where can off the shelf listeners get a copy of Arise from the Ashes? Um, they can actually. Um, I'm on Facebook, so they can. Um, you know, on Facebook, um, Donna Moses. Um, dot com. They can get me on Facebook. Um, also, um, you know, they feel free. They can um, email me at s i s t a h d j m at yahoo dot com, and um, on the website at um, what's my website? Spiritually devoted dot com. Spirituallydevoted.com. Are you going to be doing any, do you, do you do speaking? And if so, if you're going to have any upcoming speaking engagements, could you share one or two of them with our listeners? Oh, yes, I am, and thank you for asking that. Um, actually, um, there is going to be um, an event. Um, gosh, I have to take, I wish I had put that right in front of me. But um, it's going to be over in the Bay Area, and it's, through um, Deborah, um, it's through Turning Pages, and you can find that it's on the um, it's under the um, you know under the uh, Facebook. It's and you can also go on my Facebook and find it. But it's Turning Pages is next um, Saturday, and um, it, it's going to be 16 authors there, and I'm one of the ones that's going to be there. So. I would love for people to come out to that. Um, boy, I wish I had the exact address for you. 
But anyway, that's one of my next speaking engagements. It's called Turning Pages Book Club, and they're sponsoring uh, an event for Black History Month, and um, I will be there. And what, give us the date again. It's the Bay Area, and it's, you said it's next? It's, yeah, February the 16th. And let me see if I can get her. February the 16th. Okay, it's the Bay Area Turning Pages. And you can search for it online, you guys, and I'm sure it will come up or go to Donna Moses' Facebook page, and I'm sure she'll have it there if you want to get the specifics on it to attend again next next weekend. We want to thank Ms. Donna Moses. She is the author oh, of Unexpected Life Transitions, which is in the anthology of Rise from the Ashes. There's some powerful stories in there. She's also a recipient of the Susan B. Anthony Award for her community involvement. She's a member of Lynx Incorporated, and she's a graduate of the Sacramento, Sacramento Theological Seminary and Bible College, home for her now. She was Indiana. It's now Sacramento, California. Again, unexpected life transitions, and if you're here long enough, you're definitely going to go through some of them. So please go out and get a copy of A Rise from the Ashes. She's at an event next next weekend, February the 16th, in the Bay Area, California, uh, and it's, it's hosted by Turning Pages Book Club. I'm sure she'll post and it on I have her Facebook. The address. Yeah. Okay. I have the address. It's West Oakland okay. Library, 1801 Adeline Street, from 1 to 4 p.m. Okay, February 16th, 1 to 4 p.m. Um, please go out and support them and get a copy of A Rise from the Ashes. We thank you, thank you, Donna, for your service as a nurse and your service in the community and and for uh, writing Unexpected Life Transitions because we all have to go through those. And when you read this, uh, her her personal story, it's her own true personal story when her God sister transitioned. You might, they may, you may say, "Oh, I'm going through that," or "I did that," or "I thought I blamed myself," or whatever. And you might get some tips as you read the story uh, that might help you in your own journey. So again, thank you, Donna, and thank you to each of our off-the-shelf listeners, especially our loyal listeners who've been with us for 14 years now. And as I always say, you are incredible. You are amazing. Please go out and create a fabulous day for yourself. See you back here next Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time or New York City Time. Donna, I'll shoot you an email. Bye for now. Thank you.